my name is Kay Green, or that would be my name if I were undercover. (laughs) 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 Because tonight we're discussing Priceless, how I went undercover to rescue the world's stolen treasures. Oh, did your Kindle version have the pictures or no? No. Oh, there's pictures. But my digital oh, version did Yeah, we found the hardback version. Anyway, this is a memoir by Robert K. Whitman and John Schiffman. Whitman, the son of an American orphan saved by the U.S. Navy and a Japanese clerk with no escape from racism, was born in Tokyo and raised in working-class Baltimore with a 60s Catholic upbringing. From childhood, Whitman idolized the FBI, from TV shows to his coolest neighborhood 007 dad sporting a fine suit, a hidden gun, and a cool car next door. While his mom wanted him to be a concert pianist, Whitman would go on to work for one of his dad's many startups, the Maryland Farmer newspaper, until one day, the right day, came for him to join the FBI. He moved his wife Donna and family to Philly in 1988, where he was placed on his first official assignment. Priceless is a memoir of his next 20 years undercover. I rate it a 3.75. <laughs> so you're going to open with a 3.75 out of five? Yeah. Okay. I thought Why would you say that? I thought a three five, and then I bumped it up a little because I got excited right in the intro. (laughs) (laughs) And I really thought that, well, one, I just like learning about all the works and like you just said about you never learn so much about provenance. I like that kind of thing, Um, but I can see how that could be boring, but also like I just like how observant that he was with not only art and the artifacts and stuff, but just of people in general. But I can see how this book probably got a lot of flack because of his inflated ego and like all that, (laughs) all that part too. That's what put it. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I gave it that ranking. Okay. Are we doing all? We do all the pre-ranking. Everybody got to give it a score. Three and a half. 3.25. 3.25. 3.25 out of five, I'm guessing. I found it very intriguing and I love a good, I guess you could call it an, I mean, it is an autobiography. So I, that's like one of my favorite types of books to read. So um, it was interesting. It's a memoir. A memoir. It's not and, everything was real. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, I guess it's a memoir. Either way, this is much more, I much more prefer things like this rather than straight fiction. So, um, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy the ending, and the guy was kind of a dick, but in certain ways. But mm-hmm. <laughs> to put you it, gotta be. you gotta be if yeah. you're if you're gonna play that kind of guy. Uh, yeah, it takes that kind of I think that kind of personality to be that to take on that kind of job. But he's from the streets of Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> I didn't think of him as being like that. You didn't see him as as a jerk. Mm-mm. What did you see him as? Mm-hmm, just doing his job. Just a man on a mission. Yeah. Oh. What are the other would you get? I'll go six. Six or ten. Six of ten. Why? Why? (laughs) Why? I don't know if I've ever read a book like this before. It was pretty cool. I definitely liked uh, 
you know, you guys won't be surprised to know this, but I liked it more, the chapters more when they were like more life lesson-y, like, oh, and I have yeah. a few notes. You liked what? it more when it was like that? Yeah, when he was like, you know, like the thing with the, the indictment against him that like was pretty heartfelt, the Barnes mm-hmm. learning how to like, how to appreciate art and art, the belief yeah. in himself and sure. like as a salesman, oh, yeah. like I liked his like the build up, and then it kind of petered out for me at the end. Like, like I know that's like the big case and like oh like it's on the table. So yeah, that's one of my three questions for later. Save it. <laughs> M. Um. Full disclosure, I only read about half of it. From the um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, what have I been reading? Mine? I think I've been doing out of five. I'll give it a two and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, just oh, I'm giving a thumbs up. I <laughs> have <laughs> <laughs> like automatically like oh, raise does? raise your hand for you, so I like have to keep my hands down when I'm on a Zoom call. Anyway, um. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I mean, we can get into it later, but I'll, I'll give it a 2.5. Yeah. Succinct. <laughs> Be nice. What did you, you had a score. It was like middle of the road, though. I think I said three out of five. Three out of five? Mm-hmm. Why would you give it a three out of five? I don't know. Didn't they tell you the other day? <laughs> Prove it. I know. I prove, <laughs> prove it. <laughs> this is all about. This is the. I know. We'll talk about it. Prove it. I just um, because I thought, yeah, I thought it was interesting, but I, you know, through parts of it, I was like, oh, another story about mm-hmm. stolen art, but I didn't know how it was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> just again, the stolen art thing. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't know how it was gonna play out like, mm-hmm. toward the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was kind of like disappointing. Not, I mean, that's it was true, so you can't really. I think it's disappointing for Whitman, too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to write a book after that. (laughs) That was sad. Yeah, that's probably one of your questions. (laughs) Um, I would say mine was like around like a six and a half out of ten. I was like right around there because it's like the same idea where it's like I liked. I like all of the stories really that is mm-hmm. provided. I liked how it was set up and kind of builds up the little story. And then it's like, you probably wondered how I got here and then did all of that, like the each little case and like learning how he got to his point. And then um, the like coming back, I thought that was fun. It's like, oh, look at this. This is, this is neat. Um, but oh, yeah, overall though, it's just like something I would, never read Mm -hmm. i don't know i I wouldn't even think about but now it's like opening up my 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 mind to like maybe picking up another agent's book pop you know possibly (laughs) like what else is like what what else is like these kind of the life Mm -hmm. of of these kinds of individuals because it seems very interesting so i'm into i'm into the i'm into the into the world i guess into this into this undercover world Um, okay. I think I would give it 
probably about a three and a half out of five. Um, I liked it. I listened to it. So it was like, I just finished it like two hours ago. Um, but it was, it was, it kind of reminded me of like a little bit of art history in high school. And then like a little bit of, um, like the Da Vinci Code in a way, even though like, I know that that's not what he was aiming for. Um, but I think that it was interesting to um, hear it from like somebody that was actually doing the investigating and stuff. And I don't really like the FBI, but I liked that he was um, doing something different. Mm -hmm. The audio book, was it that what? guy? Or was it someone yeah, who, who, else? No, yeah, it was somebody really. else. I don't know what his name was, but oh, it was um, good because his actual voice is kind of annoying. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it, was okay. it was okay. It was okay. We were doing like accents of people. I was like, ooh. But <laughs> but um it was Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> it was interesting. There were a lot of Cuban cigars and a lot of drinking coke, I feel like, in the mm -hmm. book. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of drinking coke mm -hmm. too late. He's like, I poured us a couple of Cokes, but I was like, all right, whatever. It's anyway, cool. it was interesting enough and it kept my attention. <laughs> Unfortunately, not at the very end, whenever I was like cooking dinner, which I feel like that was pretty important stuff. Um, at the very end, like the last half an hour or so, I didn't, I kind of tuned out. So I don't really know <laughs> what happened. Well, that's okay. I missed the worst I'm sure part. I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it was disappointing. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna abstain from reading because I only read the first couple chapters. Abstain. I abstain. I couldn't hear that whole thing, but it seems like Valier might be a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I know one thing. Scores get multiplied by three. <laughs> all right. Is that all the the rankings? Mm -hmm. Well. One reason why I liked this, well, just in general, like, in case you didn't know, I do have a bachelor's degree in art history, and most of that is just learning about a ton of things that you don't need to know, all the history and of ownership of things and, like, the provenance. So, like, that part that some of you were like, yeah, it's, like, too boring, that's what I was, like, thriving on. <laughs> But another part that of why I've, I've always liked art heists and um, just learning about this kind of thing, like forgeries in the art world is the mind behind like a thief or a forger. Like, I don't know if you know this, but even Michelangelo, Michelangelo was a forger and he, which I just think that's crazy. Oh, Emily gasped. <laughs> One of the world's most famous artists that you would all know has major works and he could paint and swap works for his originals that were forgeries. So wait, 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 wait. wait. You, you're telling me that some of his stuff that he's done and put his not name like on like stuff it. that we would see that's his while the camera went out. But so, like so, so like if you go to a museum it's like here's a michelangelo whatever and you're like oh, wait, this wait, is no, it. His, but he has made copies of other famous works and that so it would be like oh michelangelo's version of whatever but like in his day you know and then there's this other guy 
and there's this really cool PBS special on it called Mark, his name's Mark Landis, who I had learned of. And he was a forger, a really famous forger who tricked like over 60 museums. And he actually had schizophrenia. And it was interesting because he forged like masters like Picasso and like Dr. Seuss, but and sold these things to museums but it was all for his own like search for respect in society and like it tied into like his mental health so that kind of that's like what I went into the book like thinking about like thieves and like heists and stuff and it made me think throughout the book at each each story he talked about the thieves and how they all had different personalities and some are very sly, but some are very friendly. And that part some, was cool. like some, he would almost like want to befriend. So I was wondering what you thought of the, those times, like even in there, I think I have it somewhere. I put down the page number, like page 239 is where I remember that one example. But like, I don't know if you remember the one case where he, the guy, like somebody went to jail and then wrote him and then yeah. he wrote him back. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wonder what you thought about that. LOL. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Had to do it to him. It felt really um, heartfelt and like genuine to me. I can't yeah. find it, but it was basically like, he was like, yeah, just, I must have wrote the page number down wrong. because That's not in that part. But it's like, yeah, good people get in desperate situations sometimes. I'm like overall though that dude selling the native american um artifacts was still kind of profiteering off of a culture that really had no part of you know it was like it was a little weird i mean but then again it's like you never know the full story of everybody right so it's just like you're this guy was actually just a normal dude with a Mm -hmm. family and it was like really nice but here he was yeah he was still doing something like extremely terrible so it's just like it's it is weird because like it was with that guy and the revolutionary war yeah or the civil war guy yeah the janitor he wasn't actually was he a janitor he was a custodian would help him would would give it to the plumber or electrician dude yeah yeah and then he would like he would have his own museum yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like those those people i don't know if i felt like that's the thing like i read it and i i felt sympathetic towards them and i was like oh man they're just like they're just doing their thing and then then you think about it, it's like hmm, that's what they're doing is not great <laughs> so it's just yeah. it's just it's, it's just uh, interesting to think that you know it's like all criminals hmm. you know obviously have more to them than just their bad deeds that they that they do so it's just it's just interesting to see kind of the full fuller picture of of the people behind the crimes. I liked how he said, kind of towards the beginning when he first got in the FBI, that he didn't like drug crime. He's like, I never liked arresting anybody when it felt like there was their it was the only option they had to live. Like, and he said, I feel like drugs was always more of a social problem than a law enforcement problem. I thought that was really interesting from an FBI agent. And then he goes on to say, and I did like how he really lays it on super thick 
that uh, it's a crime against like culture, mm-hmm. like stealing an art piece is like, yeah, you know, like, oh, like it's priceless. So like a priceless crime, cause it's especially like even worse, I think would be the archeological mm. ones yeah. where people raid like these tombs and places and stuff like that. I can see like taking it out of a museum. I get like if I had if there was a hierarchy, I guess of art crime, I would put the archaeological one. Oh, I'm about to raise my hand. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, that part was cool. Can you guys see me? No, no you guys. No my camera. It's freaking out, but we're listening. I don't know. The camera's all. I'm weird. gonna steal the one from work. Hope you didn't have a slideshow. <laughs> I, I mean, that's my, I only have three questions for this. The first one was just like that thief thing. But the second, since you already went, we're talking about like the archaeological sites and stuff. That kind of ties into the other question of um, what did you think about the differences regarding every nation's priorities on art theft and looting? Because, so this was a, this is a question that I, I think about a lot. Oh, that's a nice camera. Thanks. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this book that I really like, and it's by a big museum director, but it's, based, it's just called Who Owns Antiquity? And basically, Ooh. it's controversial because it argues that some... I mean, as we saw in the book, many countries will have like a nationalistic view on art and antiquities where they want it to come back to them. And I don't know if you know what the Elgin marbles are, but they are on the Parthenon. They were on the Parthenon. Um, and then back in like, well, the Parthenon's like from I think 400s or 500s. I don't remember, but back in the day, like in the early 19th century, Lord Elgin, who was sent by like the Ottoman Empire, he basically took the, these, it's like a frieze on the Parthenon, which is like the, like a front part. I, I'm doing arm movements to like show you where it is. It's, it's right in the triangle part. He took that off in an excavation and took it back to England. And it's since been in the British Museum like all these years. And they've tried to take it back. Like Italy, not Italy, Greece wants it back. Yeah. From uh-huh. them. Um, even when then they through a lot of the time they didn't have the like the means to protect it like Britain would because they've had it in a nice collection. But in today's modern world, like we know they built the new Acropolis Museum, they have a spot for it, they even built like an exhibition inside where they show where it should be and it just sits empty to be like a statement of this belongs here, like back on the Acropolis. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's fights like that, like that's like one of the biggest debates in art history, like there's arguments for that, for cultural treasures of ancient civilizations to belong in places where they come from, and then arguments against it, um, like, you know, if if we were to return it to Athens, then uh, more more of the sculpture would be 
like the meaning would be lost the the meaning of like its provenance and everything and just that's interesting i was going to say what is like, the counter argument all these things so if the, we give it back to them then we wouldn't have it and that would be like, like is it, it like it feels like finders keepers like like but, but at the same time it's just like are they saying that because of where it's at now it has more eyes on it like if it's in say you know england or whatever more people come and see it which then spreads that culture or that idea or that thing like yeah like, so that and then like they're just like the British Museum would say it's best to keep it where it is because also if we're following the rule of let's return everything that was looted to its original place then all of these places would be institutions would be stripped of all of their artifacts and everything. Mm-hmm. What are we just going to have equality for everybody? <laughs> exactly. So that's what, that's what that author says. And there's a quote that I went back into one of my old books and got it because it was just so like prominent for me in college. And then it, this book like called me back to that. But basically, he said globalization is and always has been inevitable in it, or it is in the nature of our species to connect and exchange. And the result is a common culture in which we all have a stake. It is not and never can be the property of one modern nation or another. It is ours, all of ours, and it deserves to be preserved and shared for what it is, our common artistic legacy as human beings. And that's kind of what like Spencer was saying. It's like people just know that artifacts and history and that it belongs to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering what you thought when this guy, what was his name again? Bob Clay goes into another country and says like, all right, we're going to get this stuff. Can you help us? And there's all these problems of why they can't. And then there's a fight at the end, like with the bureaucracy of all these different governments and rules that, that they want to have to make sure they get, they get what they want. And it's just a little silly. And it even came up in like, I'm talking really long, but it even came up with one of the thieves, um, the one that was trying to steal the, I think it was a, I forget, Pissarro or something. And he was just like, he tried to, in the end, like say, oh, well, I was, I was just trying to steal this from the French and bring Wasn't it. Wasn't that the Mona Lisa one? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Take it, back it was the Mona Lisa one. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm just trying to take it back from the yeah. French, bring it like to my home country again. And they're like, nah, you already set yourself up. Like that's not why you were doing this. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was a he gift. He said that-, that because a lot of Italians would be like, yeah, this is ours. Like we need this. Yeah. Even though that was gifted. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. once again, it's 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 down to that idea, right? It's like if if it was gifted, like. In all sense, the French could be asking for the Statue of Liberty back if they wanted it, you know, because it was that's the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's like that's ours. But like, if it was a gift, that's yeah, ours. It, it should it should stay where it was gifted. <laughs> if it was acquired through even like parties and everything was decided upon fairly, yes. But if it was looted or just taken straight from an, a, a site without any you know discussion 
beforehand, which I'd imagine a lot of history artifacts have been from colonization from England and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That is wrong. It doesn't feel right at all. Which then it's like, and then you feel, and then it's like the he was talking about like governments that like kind of get overthrown, like in um well he talked the, about the Middle the, East, right? The and then it's just like team. Exactly. And then like all that art was then like mm-hmm. lost and stuff like that to like talked about the was, like, what did you say? That's the birthplace of civilization. You just think about like how much has been lost over the years, just in general, regardless of like if it's in a museum or just straight up just taken from like empires, you know. Right. It's kind of crazy. But it's I said, everyone. I said uh um, like the Nazi regime, how they... Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure you can speak on that, but uh, the... Uh, Don't get me you destroy, yeah, <laughs> you, you destroy the culture. So, like, your race, people's, they don't even exist. What was the, the plate, the back plate? Like, that is a civilization that I never heard of. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I, I hate that the camera broke because I could, I have all the pictures from the book because I got the good book. That's that picture. But it was pretty cool looking. I looked them all up. I looked them up. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, 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 of course. Sounds like you're I gotta see what this, I gotta see what this thing looks like to go all the way to Peru. Sounds like you're a little more into it than that 3.2 or whatever. I don't know. Oh, I hate, I, I, that, that, that part at the end. Of, of the of the back flat was like kind of wild it was like whoever had it was like uh, cursed, cursed a little bit it was like oh, yeah. it was like oh, yeah. hey. where where's yeah. disney on that one curse of the black pearl curse of the <laughs> flap yeah i think so yeah proving yeah there it is that's not what yeah, i mean oh that's yeah, that's <laughs> that's a black flap all right anyway yeah there's so much most lootings are from things like that like archaeological sites churches like just homes stuff that you feel like wouldn't I, I assume part of the the thought process like we can get this without maybe people noticing because it's not the Mona Lisa or it's not you know, some great scoops, like not the sculpture of David or anything. It's just a, like that thing you were just showing a picture of it to some, if they just looked at that, they'd just be like, oh, that's just an old hunk of junk or an old piece of metal. They wouldn't even think about it. So mm-hmm. maybe the idea that like, it's, e- it's a, an easier get, I guess. And Yeah. Something. And then, but, but the, the, the kind of wild thing about like the Eagle's feathers was like super big in, in Sweden like mm-hmm. and like those cultures like that is weird to me like they have an affinity to collect native american artifacts it's like wh- why <laughs> like that's like that's a big like artist subjective not objective things aren't enough for you you got the gar thing i thought that was very strange to hear like that was kind of a thing and so like it made no surprise for them to kind of make that to build that sting with with a, a Swedish person, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, like that was, that was a weird case just in general of like me learning about that section of like kind of culture and art. I didn't, maybe this goes into it, 
what you're saying, Kane, the, your original question about like different countries and their levels of law enforcement or like state funded like detective engagement. And uh, yeah, I was kind of bothered by how the FBI I'll just pause there. I was that they um it's kind of like a pick and choose. Like I don't know, it seemed like really cavalier. Like the only reason why this he was doing it is because he just like wanted to. Like there wasn't like a it's not like a mandate to do this. Mm-hmm. Like there's not like that. I mean he I guess he tried to start the art crime branch, but he was like, yeah, you know, even his supervisor just kind of did it as a hobby at work in between homicides or something you know like just seemed very uh casual and he obviously took it very serious but that, mm-hmm. so that part was like yeah yeah like they don't you they don't have time to make a huge effort on anything unless it's like a very high profile case that has already like penetrated the media and people are like wondering about it yeah like years and years <laughs> that they're going to have interest in so that's like a reason for them to pursue it because then they're like oh we can show we can show citizens that we care about stuff yeah it was like that searching for the feel-good story or whatever that they were talking about the rockwell yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it is weird i guess like i it all depends like once i have no idea how the fbi works but like I mean, I understand that, like, they go after, like, homicides and, like, these other crimes because they're just, like, a branch of that type of government, right? Brendan like, is pulling his hair right now. <laughs> I know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they, they go after the bad guys, right? That's, like, <laughs> kind of their identity, right? That's what they kind of at least push themselves to be. At least that's what TV says. Um, but so so that's the thing i I don't know like i guess i I, to to me like i'm not i'm not surprised that it's not high priority yeah were you surprised that like there was no really i think it said at the beginning like not till 1995 or something were was there people like pursuing these cases Mm -hmm. i guess like in my lifetime yeah I was born earlier. Mm-hmm, you could be. I good. wonder. If this is I mean, kind of like. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I wonder, like, if it's if it hasn't been if um seeking like cultural relics and stuff like that hasn't been so um such a big deal in America because everything aside from Native American relic relics like We're came young. from something else, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and like yeah. we don't have the history, like the same history. Oh, yeah. yeah, the same reason we're ridiculed in the other countries. <laughs> would you say that that I don't even know if this is a good point anymore, but like the classics, like cultural history, it's almost like uh, we read that book, The Third Plate. Um, what was that Dan Barber? Mm-hmm. The anyway, but he said that uh like he's trying to change food culture in America. He said, but half the problem is like, we don't have long-standing food mm-hmm. cuisine, like mm-hmm. American cuisine that's like, that you can yeah. like change. So that's an interesting point, Al. Uh, I would agree Yeah. Like, that, yeah, most things here are like- 
new. New. Yeah. What, 17, 1700s? Year old right? things, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. And most of the thefts, like, they take place within Europe or, like, outside the U.S., but it's, like, the U.S. has a market for it since our stuff here is so... It's and just even, overall the world is so unregulated is what he was saying in the book. Right. Mm-hmm. And even like the crimes, like the what would be the like the cultural heritage of this, of the physical land that the United States is on belongs to the Native American population. And like that's not really it's, US it's, it's, history. Most We've of it's treating gone. them so well. So and it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we all, those, all those spots are gone. Yeah, so even like the like the eagle feather stuff, like that's like uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you're and just and... with the history of like, just we've disgraced our own people. Just I mean, we built a city atop of an ancient Indian burial ground in New York City. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're all cursed, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, just a lot of thoughtless stuff by important people over time, which it seems like a lot of American history. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just in general, Europe is just old, you know, it's just like, there's so much history that is there and preserved that it lends itself to a lot more being done. And it shows that it's more of a priority to take care of those problems over there if they have mm-hmm. all those different levels of of like teams to to be involved and mm-hmm. in here and there which makes it feel like a headache for us but really it's probably it probably means more over there than it does to us yeah it is funny when like that makes me think of when we see like cultural sites or something get destroyed in some way or like like that church in france the cathedral that was lit up on, on fire. Notre Dame? Yep, a couple years ago. Or was that last? No, that was a couple years, two years ago. 2019. Um, it was a story. But we story see so many people just reach out about it, like Americans, but then, you know, just not a lot of interest in our own things happening here, maybe. I don't know. The stuff's happening every day, but it would be interesting to see like the future, you know, and think about like, because, you know, that's why the book was a little disheartening at the end because they, he was kind of like posed the question, Oh, what's going to happen? Like you're retiring. He's like, don't know nothing. And it's kind of like, ah, it's over. (laughs) I did my job. I did my part. But this is just one guy's memoir. It's another thing that I always had to remind myself. Like, this is just his own story of what's happening in his own world. So maybe there are people that are really, you know, building up the team, getting ready, (laughs) uncovering (laughs) more stuff. I don't know. It's just crazy that out of all the stolen art, I think he says only like 5 to 10% is actually recovered. And then other than that, it's just destroyed because people get scared and Mm-hmm. They don't want to get caught. That part is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I only had that one more question, and it was how was how did you think of the end? Val, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is very different in part four. I what? thought it was kind of uh, oh, 
Oh, I was just gonna say like I liked how every chapter was like a different story but then you got to part four and it was like this long drawn out thing and I like since I know that case is not solved generally like I'm like how's this gonna end but it just it I don't think it needed to be drawn out like that like have part four each chapter just a different part in it it was just too long yeah that was the part I tuned out part where it was like okay he's really trying to make himself look like a it just seemed like a different book yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i i appreciated the look into i mean i didn't like it but i appreciated the look of the the look into like bureaucracy like the bureaucracy and like how how things can get hung up like it put a big halt to the stories that he told like each one was like oh look it's one and done one and done look it's so easy i can catch all these and then it's just like hey guess what this actually could suck and it's just like it shows like Mm -hmm. kind of like how things don't always work out i mean it was like i didn't like that it happened like it didn't put a nice bow on the end but it was like interesting to see that you know he was interesting, but like not surprising. I yeah, guess you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Of course, it, that would. I Frank, that Frank dude seemed like the worst. Um, Fred, like the, yeah, like the the. Oh yeah, CEO I really wonder what his real name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bart. <laughs> I, yeah, all of it just seemed like really dumb and political. Where it's just like they were trying to push him out. They're like the French were even like kind of getting on his case. It's just like. Mm-hmm. why why don't we take a step back and kind of see like we're trying to recovery some lost art pieces can we just get that done and figure out you know that stuff at the end but why does why does it need to be like presented in a certain you know these people need to get the picture taken versus the other it's like that gotta like really Everybody dumb. wants their piece of the cake <laughs> says Pierre. i know it's so that Pierre. part made me so mad because it's just like <laughs> wasn't that his name Pierre? Like, come on it's just like just I don't know. That was that was really annoying to read, but at the same time, it's just like it. This is this is as real life as you you can get without like not revealing all identities. So it's just like it was interesting. Yeah, suck, but that's mm-hmm. real life, right? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It is. It is. Most of it is real. It's like you think about it, if if it were a movie, like it would be be going through all these fantastical events. You're like, wow, I can't believe all this is happening. And then, you know, towards the end, you crash down into reality and realize there's a bunch of red tape and all the stuff you have to deal with to actually get it done. And probably why it doesn't get done as much as it should, because imagine there are people like, yeah, I'd love to do that. But the amount of work and crap you'd have to put up with to get it done is just not worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, I think that's, so we've talked about the American way of things. I think that's the American way of things in a lot of people's mind, uh, the mindset of a lot of people is just like, if it's too much work in the grand theme of scheme of things, why would I just take the time to do all that? It's not worth the time over like a old flappy thing from the past that no, you know, cares about or someone across the world cares about, but you know. Yeah. He really, he really had a special passion from his upbringing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You're the only person I met that so far in my life that has had that kind of passion about art. I mean, you're not obviously you're not running out to go solve 
missing art or like art theft or that anything. we know of. You don't know. Yeah, that we know. Yeah. I call Bob. <laughs> Honestly, I thought about writing him for this, sure. but then I ran out of time. <laughs> we should have brought him on. He probably would have done it. <laughs> Did you guys know that the reward for that Isabella Gardner stuff was doubled? Recently? No In 2017. Yeah. So uh-huh. since like the book. So I just thought like, I just don't know what, like how, I guess Brendan might know, like how is this stuff documented in some kind of CRM like system? <laughs> like, is this just word docs of like, oh, we already Lost. went through, these are the tips that we went through. Maybe. These are the, like, how is this? There has to be files. I was about to say, they probably it's still, they're still analog. They just write stuff down and put it in a folder and shove it in a- Just all that time, think of all the tip. Like he already said, by the time this book no. came out, all those tips, they had to go through and since then and then they go and double the reward i'm like it was that even a good strategy like would people now be like oh i actually know where it is <laughs> no like that's so weird i will say that i did learn from edward snowden's book that they did digitize a lot of files <gasps> and it was his job to get rid of the duplicates and that's, that's how right. i stumbled upon state secrets that were bad I should so. think about that one. That's Aww. my job, essentially. So maybe I should make it. He's just a system admin. That's all. Actually, yeah, you have to make documents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. I'll be the next Edward Snowden, but about a small distribution company in Pennsylvania. No <laughs> one will care about when it does. Are you going to unveil that, that that they cheated on in the in the voting of the best card pumpkin? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> reveal the truth reveal the truth we were we were thinking about doing it and i told kaylee yesterday once they showed some of them i was like (laughs) i'm glad we didn't because you had all those people that are like super talented at that stuff and like ours was we just carved like the traditional triangle eyeballs and Mm -hmm. like it would have been an embarrassment if they saw (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was not prepared for mouth was just a rectangle yeah (laughs) That's cute and you're funny. I don't know. Any other parts of it, Spencer? You didn't say anything about the ending. No, I I just uh was kind of laughing at how this guy is just so mad about the bureaucracy. Like if it were up to him, if it were up to him, there just would be, you know, and I guess that's how it had to be to like make it all work. Um felt bad for the guy like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the book opens up he's like oh like why am i here i'm about to retire (laughs) honestly (laughs) his voice kind of sounds like that in real life if you yeah but um i I, no i don't doubt he's an interesting uh guy like obviously like he's really like what a niche like place to be in but yeah and he's like what's worse is the other like art team squad guys like moved on in their career he's just like mad that nobody's as inspired but he was a different kind of fbi agent though i mean he didn't who goes in the fbi at 32 yeah and he said that like uh him and that other guy were just trying to get through it and everybody else just like i like that part where he says there's a bunch of oh they're back a bunch of other people are like uh 
I'll put a criminal away, even if the even if the evidence is hazy, because odds are mm-hmm. they've committed a crime somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like that was mm, that was kind like of yep that was mm-hmm. that was rough. Yeah, how but, they're trying to pin Sonny with something too. It's like, well, at least they got a drug deal off of him. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. Didn't you read the file? But I can see how it's kind of a one man show. Like he was like alone in a lot of it. Like it sucked. So it would be wild my- to be in the situation. It's like it's like the X Files. <laughs> How Mulder is a, kind of alone in his belief of the extraterrestrial, and the, I know this is completely kind of off topic, but Didn't it's watch his, it. yeah, she refuses to watch it with me. But in the sense that he like <laughs> has this belief and this passion about something, even if it's crazy, and uh, the FBI gives him the time to do it, but you know, it's it's he still faces the same kind of red tape and the you know disbelief and the lack of passion from others and sees people move on without him and he's still just passionate about what he wants and so it is kind of his niche thing to you know for, to, to be passionate about this but you know it is important to some just not i guess not as many as tracking down murderers or terrorists or whatever but yeah <laughs> she doesn't know what to say, well right? i just like i always i always think like what's more important but it's so hard to answer mm-hmm. like well we just let all our stuff get stolen and destroyed until there's no record of a lot of stuff i i don't know how yeah. important are records at the end well, you think when right, you die you take nothing anyway so right. doesn't well, matter <laughs> you ask the typical person really i think anywhere you ask them if you're like what's what's more important us spending our time catching criminals that are like committing major crimes or someone that stole a, a, again a dirty flap from that was dug out of the ground thousands of years ago like what's more important i think most people would say dude that flap is gonna curse you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pop up in my flap. bed later tonight. turn the slob <laughs> i wanted to ask what you guys what did you guys think about that antiques roadshow Thing. Oh, that was devastating. I was so sad. <laughs> I was not ready for that. Yeah, yeah. you did, you did come in. You were ahead of me, and you were yeah. like, "Just wait." Antiques Roadshow shows up. Ooh, like, and it's I like can't believe thing. it. I'm not, I'm not surprised. There's so many grifters out there who will take advantage of so many people. Yeah, there. I mean, that one was especially terrible going through like people going through brief and like promising yeah, like museum and it's like these people were like terrible yeah Ugh. but yeah that was just so awful to read that was a little like amity and prosperity hit the family forward <laughs> <laughs> oh the pritchets or the prickets yeah yeah okay that's like that's like the th- you're about the criminals it's like these criminals like or worse yeah those guys were pompous they just, they're like we don't care and we like that it's there's that who says that that's a that's a new in town that's a john mulaney joke when he's talking about his friend from high school that would take people's photographs oh, yeah. from parties yeah. it's like i steal what can't be replaced yeah it's terrible <laughs> he knows what i'm talking about yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I did not. I did not expect Antique Roadshow to be cr- such crooks, but 
think I'll never give a dime to PBS again. <laughs> I, like, I like felt bad for PBS. Like, these guys are so like old and unknowing probably. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just running. Well, like man. I want to, it makes me want to look. Back. It makes me want to look back and like see who was in charge then. I'm sure they were just like, people are watching PBS. They're probably like, this. oh no. I mean, yeah, that's what they said. They were just like high on on like the fact that it became a hit, right? Yeah. It was, so they were, they were excited, right? That's a weird thing. Like, we used to watch it all the time. I told Kayla, we used to watch it all the time when I was growing up. I like We were watching it the other day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not anymore, not anymore. Weird. Nobody watch Antiques Road. I just felt bad that they, like, they told that old dude to send that sword. Was it a sword? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna send it in like oh well we we're gonna have to take a look like you have to mail it to us i'm like, like the guy even said it's like how do i trust you and like trust us i'm like oh, okay you know what you convinced me <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the thing it's just like i remember america's show so mm-hmm. it seemed safe mm-hmm. i mean i've seen like those episodes and like the things of like some really rare finds which is like fantastic and like amazing to see and also sometimes I, I wonder how many how many things in my life have I actually had and passed up that are actually worth a lot more than I actually realized which is like just kind of fun but probably not. Probably, I, I'd imagine probably more than we realize anyway anyway <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that how much of it's staged like I feel like I feel like they're like with those people who would like. Well, they said the first guy was. I staged. know, but I would imagine that that's not mm-hmm. just one person that would mm-hmm. had ever done it. That's the only thing. I'm sure they take stuff from like they take pieces they know are expensive from places and go, okay, just say that you're bringing this in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's You'll act like you show? don't know how much it's worth, and then we'll give you. It's like storage wars, or no? No, the other one with Pawn the big... stars. Yeah, pawn stars. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's easy to stage. Go here, act like you don't know how much this is worth, and we're going to tell you it's worth a ton, and mm-hmm. then, you know, just give it back to us at the end. What? Everybody's a crook. Yeah. <laughs> Best way to live life. Everybody's a crook. Just everyone is a mm-hmm. Trust no one. Is this. I feel like a book on like if it wasn't art stuff but something else with like drugs and crime like I would still feel the same at the end like big problem still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the ending I guess should have been expected yeah, well, he did all those great things but it was like a just a tiny amount of the, the bigger problem yeah I mean one guy can't solve it all right so too bad we don't have Brendan. If you're listening, we need those drug book recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you ever see these pieces of art on the dark web, Brendan, you know, be sure to yeah. track those down. We didn't get any of our contact black Bob. Yeah, contact Bob. <laughs> all that. Bob that's that's all I have. Oh, then I took good. a quiz. I took a quiz online to see if I knew my art heists. <laughs> How'd you I do? failed. <laughs> it was actually really long, and I wrote down some of the um, the facts that I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So I, I'll tell you a few, and then we can end. But the Mona Lisa, it walked out of the Louvre 
by a oh we already learned that one never mind i was going to say by a it took two years to recover but that was by a handyman mm-hmm. i just think that's so funny like did you guys like how in the end those two little kids were like oh just come in these fake policemen mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah hilarious. and then um one rembrandt painting it is called takeaway rembrandt because it's been taken four times since the 60s wow. like Okay. Get cameras on this thing. Like it's just ridiculous. Lock her up, man. Have a guy stand next to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The scream. It was stolen two times. It just gets me when stuff's taken more than once. That's one of my favorite paintings. Screen. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fun fact. It's a weird um, painting. In 2009, a woman bought a Renoir for seven dollars at a flea market. Amazing. <laughs> oh my god. And then she was like, oh, I'm gonna get rich off of this. But they she had to give it back to the Baltimore Museum of Art. <laughs> oh. uh, um, and then Spence, I wrote this one for you in the 1600s and the early 1700s. Antonio Stradivari made a series of violins called Stradivarius. One of those violins is worth more than three million dollars. And it was stolen from a New York apartment in 1995, and it's still not recovered. So uh, call Rita. Alex Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Alex Lee. Okay. Are you listening, Alex Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Biggest fan. During World War II, and this is the only World War II. No, I have two World War II things because this is my second passion. I could go on forever about World War II, but basically. The Nazis dismantled the legendary Amber Room of St. Petersburg into 27 crates and hid it away in 1942, and it's still undiscovered. So wow. somewhere there's this huge lump of amber sitting and mm-hmm. sitting, and we just don't wow. know where. That's incredible. That is incredible. They I mean, what like they like they know. someone's keeping it for themselves (laughs) um i mean like even the fact that like in there they mentioned like they hid how many pieces of art inside of a mountain like in in switzerland like or like like, they were wild they were wild um (laughs) i'm i'm like Himmler, uh, one of the one of the Heimlich, Heimlich Himmler. Himmler. I can't remember. Like one of the one of the main generals. It was yeah. Yeah. One of them was like super duper into art, and he was the one who would like go and take train loads of art back from France. That was his like sole job, like that. Yeah. Yeah, and he was. I think it was another. Not Robles, uh, not whatever. Or didn't brush whatever. up on my Nazi facts for this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he was in The Splendid in the Vile, um, which is another book about World War II from the author that Brendan's book is from the author of Brendan's Choice for the book club. He had a, had a book about, I don't know, what is it called? It's like The Devil in the White <laughs> City. show. Brendan's choice. <laughs> anyway, they go in all about that. And it was just, it was just kind of <laughs> Brendan's choice. What are you laughing at? You you say you Brendan's know. choice sounds like a TV show. Did you hear Eric 
<laughs> and it's coming on after the bachelor <laughs> Brendan I know you're listening <laughs> but anyway I know what you're saying Matt yeah they were wild and then did you watch that movie Lady in Gold no more um, Monuments Men that one wasn't as good Lady in Gold is, is about a Klimt portrait and they did recover oh. it um, to the rightful owners in 2006 but that was stolen in world war ii but what's funny is that portrait there's like lady it's not called lady in gold it's like blah 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 portrait of whoever number one adele block ball that yeah. one was the one that was recovered in the movie the number two was sold to oprah winfrey <laughs> holy it's just weird like you know what's oprah doing with it <laughs> What yeah. is Oprah doing with it? What? Are, that's a whole other discussion on collectors and mm-hmm. like why? Like, Go Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. It belongs in a museum. It's mm-hmm. that weird. Like again, what's the what's the digital art that you can NFTs? buy? NFTs. What's the NFT yes. thing, like the idea of owning something that no one else has, which makes me much better status actually i just listened to this thing on another podcast about like western society versus like native american society like native american society is kind of like the egalitarian aspect of it you know everybody you have enough and then any more than enough that you have you help somebody else get to there enough and we all like live together but um western society it's just status like how can i like my job is to have more status than what i was born into and if i don't increase my status then i've like failed mm. like by the race or whatever that's that reminds mm. me someone like oprah you know like sure like all these people have helped a lot of people with their capital and stuff but yeah like what are you buying a painting like that for like that's just a status like thing you know no one else see it can. Mm-hmm. that's what that one guy you said who was working with the uh the janitor he's and he said you know these were all just sitting in a box and at least somebody could see them it's like well not somebody like it was just you in your house like mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like you had them on display <laughs> yeah that was weird that he said that too, because I was like, "Is he like, is he inviting people over and then like charging?" I guarantee. Them? Like, <laughs> well, I don't think he charged them, but I guarantee he had people over. That would be yeah. like if someone invited me to their house and then started showing me something like that. I would be very uncomfortable. Like I'd be like, be texting, yeah. "Should be texting Bob Clay." <laughs> but I, I know, know what texting him. I don't know if that's like our generation that like like not interested in it or like. I don't know. It's like what you were just saying, Spencer, made me think sometimes I wonder it did he did this guy in particular, like, did he not have anyone coming after him because just like people don't care about objects as much as you know that whole millennial thing, like care more about experiences and all that stuff, minimalist uh, society, like is that part of it or no because this is like cultural heritage and people's past and preserving a history i don't know i think i i think from a millennial perspective i think it has changed 
from a collecting things from a society, a memory, a like a culture or something like that, it's turned into a personal curation of yourself in terms of buying like Funko Pops or all these things, these collectible items that you love. And I think that's all turned into a representation of yourself. I think that's kind of the new age um, version of collecting, which is, is it's more of a representation <laughs> of yourself, which is place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, like you would only collect things that only mean things to you versus a uh, a collector of, of antiquities turns into like this, I'm collecting these things because they are a value of, of, just, in of just in general. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like a weird shift culturally that, that people have had, at least because I, I don't, I don't know too many collectors of like civil war things or, you know, things like that, because those are, I mean, obviously hard to come by now. Right. So it's like, yeah. So now it's like, we collect things that like kind of represent ourselves now. Did you guys hear about the recent um, the Andy Warhol forgery kind of stunt that this Museum of Forgeries did? There's a Museum of Forgeries. Yeah, so <laughs> that's cool. There's this uh, there's this Andy Warhol drawing. I'll hold it up to the camera, but you can look it up. It's called Fairies. It's basically just like a pen and ink drawing of these like three little weird fairy creatures mm -hmm. so this museum of forgeries bought the original for twenty thousand dollars they used a robot to create 999 like replicas of the drawing like exact replicas yeah. i think they even like somehow removed some of the graphite or something so you couldn't even like carbon date the graphite to determine which one is like the real one and then they sold all thousand, like the original plus the 999 on the internet for $250 each, just like whoever first come first serve. So like you could buy it for $250 and you might have an original Warhol <laughs> or you might have a uh, high quality forgery. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> I cool. Thought, yeah, I thought it was like a really yeah. funny and cool. Did you get one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I read about it. I read about it too late to actually get one. It sold out pretty quick. But That's fantastic. Did they that was kind of a funny, like, turning on its head, That's... the whole, like, NFT, like, I was gonna everybody say. feeling like they need to own, like, something very uh, special and unique, like, yeah. to them. I was going to say, that feels like a real-life NFT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though they that's, kind like, of like, everything. It's kind of like yeah. a, like a um, I don't know, like a satire on that whole movement. I thought that was that's really funny. Awesome. But apparently they've done stunts like that before. They have like a website. And I, I think they actually have a physical location too, but um, yeah, that was kind of a cool thing. Does cool. anybody have any NFTs? I do uh, not. I don't know what that means. Non-fungible non token. Non-fungible tokens. It was in, uh, that was in Lars' book. The talismans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the talismans. yeah it started back to week one. Yeah, it started with uh, what was oh, it? God. People selling like things that already existed, so like old YouTube videos, like that kid mm. getting his finger bitten by his little oh. brother, and like basically they sold it to someone, then took it down off the internet, and so now the only way you can get it is through that one person that has it. But 
allegedly but and then it became about just like art pieces that people were making and I see all the time it's like oh this one you know I it was worth like two hundred dollars and now it's worth like several thousand or like tens of thousands of dollars out of nowhere and I just I don't really understand it and how it becomes so expensive but I guess it's just supply just the demand for stuff like that if someone's willing to pay Mm-hmm. that kind of money and then you create a market of people paying that kind of money for something like that it can expand and i think that's what it's been so someone just went i'll show you this old youtube video and no you'll be the only one that owns it and someone's like i'll give you ten fifty thousand dollars for that and then it just kind of st- snowballs into this like okay everything is worth that kind of money if i'm the only mm-hmm. one that has it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, I, I guess technically I have some, I tried the NBA top shots, which is like their new version of basketball cards and mm-hmm. oh. and they're like online and they're digital and you own moments. And like, it's just a replay of a certain moment in a basketball game from a, a certain player. I just like, I bought two packs and you get like three per pack. Oh, it's, crazy. it's really weird. I was just like, kind of curious about like, what, what was the deal? And uh, so, yeah, now I own Kemba. That's your Kemba. $25,000. Yes. Oh, Come on. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> My dad would do. Put that down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. I don't think I like it. I think I'd rather have a physical thing, but. I think it's a, I, I don't want to say it's bad, but I think it might be. Yeah, I don't really get, I just don't really get it. Like, mm-hmm. why would you want to buy that? I don't, I don't know. So I feel like it's the same as like those famous paintings from years ago where there's only one it's like to say i'm the only one that owns this picture of a monkey smoking a cigarette or something like you just people are weird and if they you know if the market is there for something like that then it exists but i feel like it's one of those things that won't last because what's the the joke is always like okay someone owns the original of this picture of this monkey or whatever what's to keep me from just right clicking it saving it as a png and just saying okay yeah. i own it too and i didn't spend fifty thousand dollars on it so. mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean that's what the impressionists were trying to do just so <laughs> many paintings of the same scene just spreading that out that's yeah. my only art history knowledge that i have the impressionists <laughs> nice so but yeah i guess we're doing our our final ratings okay so whoever wants to go first I'm maintaining my bump it. Ooh. Oh. We had a bump. I'll bump to 6.5. Oh, Dad. <laughs> bump to a six. 6.5 from six. From six. All right. Nice. Kaylee said she'd keep hers the same. Kaylee, you said what? She I was keeping mine. Okay. Because I already, I had already bumped them. Like, in my preparation, I gave him a, a 3.5, and then I was a like, a lot of bumps. It makes me happy in a book when the people are doing what they say they want to do and live their life. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. Mine's the same. Okay. Me too. I think I'm going to stay mine at 6.5 as well. He has other books. Would you read them? Prime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else could he write about? 
that would be my, my guess. I'm like, more ice or more. Oh, I don't remember what they were. Comedy books. <laughs> what? Did you give your second one? No, I'll bump it up to a. What did I give it? What did I give it before? 3.5. 3.5. No, you had a 3.25. I'll give it a 3.7. I'll give it a 3.75. I enjoyed the conversation and the fun facts. <laughs> those those weren't in the book. Yeah, well. <laughs> the, the that's, fact, that's the beauty of, of the, discussing a book. You, yeah, you factor in the discussion and how it. Oh yeah. Look, so. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I liked that this guy could have been like your dad, like. I like that the I liked all the time frames. Every year, I was like, "Ooh, what was I doing in 1997?" You know. Meanwhile, oh, okay. Dad's off in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. doing <laughs> what. It was just cool. Emily, after reading some of it, <laughs> hearing this, what is your 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 rating? Um, I I'll, I'll give it a three point. I'll give it a 3.5. I, I did really like learning about the history um, and like about the art pieces. I just thought he was annoying. <laughs> I don't know why he read that way to me. Just like, I warned you. Oh. <laughs> Al, do you, do you still abstain? Yeah, I'm going to come listen to this one out. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to spin the wheel now, eh? Um, yeah, spin the wheel. I feel like we have a lot left, so. Also, it, this is really Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. We got her act together. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Sure. I think it looks like Lindsay Lohan. You know, maybe you are just still thinking of her as like mean girl. No, no. Lohan, well, yeah, that's definitely there's definitely plastic surgery involved. That's all. Just some fillers. <laughs> Can you guys see my screen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So many tabbies open. <laughs> oh, man. We have four left. Oh, only four. These some of these look new. I don't remember that one. Matt changed. Yeah. I've changed my book three times. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I'm glad we didn't buy Matt's book yet then. <laughs> we didn't have this one. We have this 100 one. years of solitude. So my, book, my book is literally a PDF on the internet, so you do not need to buy it if you don't want to. Oh, what if cool. I want to buy the book, the physical? You can, book? and it's oh, yeah, yeah, it's you can still buy it. It's just <laughs> the ebook, the poster. You can just get it printed <laughs> out. Yeah, you can go to your FedEx, your Kinko's, and get it printed out. Oh wow, this is such hype! Hit that. Yep. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going so fast. Oh my gosh. We all just get mesmerized. Stories of your life. Mm -hmm. That's mine. Oh, thanks. Stories of your life and others by Ted Chang. By Ted Mosby. <laughs> <laughs> so what's this? What is this book about? This book's about, um, so it's a book of uh, like stories, like a couple of uh, mini stories, but they're all like sci-fi based. 
I um, thought that because it said TED that it was TED Talks. <laughs> he might have been. Who knows? He might have to talk. But yeah, he. I've been wanting to read him, and um, I've just heard this book was good. I've never read anything by him before, so. We'll say this: nice. you know, things being more expensive because they're hard to get a hold of. You can buy the paperback on Amazon for eleven dollars, or you can buy the hardcover for a hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, Sounds like a steal! It <laughs> is a hardback slash time machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know sci-fi. I'm into it. It, it is sci-fi. Yeah. Cool. Well, we may or may not be here. No, we will be here. (laughs) We're going to do it. We're going to do it? Yeah. I'm going to try to read it. All right. Yeah. We're going to try to be here. We also don't have to do right around Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, maybe like... Maybe like the second week of December. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can get early. Maybe like the 25th of December. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe have anything going on. What's that? Or that week before Christmas. uh, Cool. Onika? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> are we still recording it? Yeah. Anyone who celebrates like the week of the thirteenth or something, 13th, December thirteenth. No. I don't know. Okay, okay. sounds good. All right. All right, you're gonna have a new person. <laughs> yeah. New person. Right, yeah, he'll probably be hanging oh out with God. us. Oh. <laughs> there is little, um, you know, opinions of the book. Be nice to get we'll read it out loud. Yeah. That's, I'm going to read it out loud. Um, get a perspective Aww. straight from yeah. the. His first right. stories are just straight sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> and then the robots came by. <laughs> but I know I'm excited. Awesome. Cool. Like, yeah, my last apartment. These two adult voices were talking, and it reminded me of you know, <laughs> a little baby. <laughs> I get last, it. Last apartment. Mm, last Lars apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, you're weird. Aww. Good luck, you guys, if we don't talk to you. Yes. yes. Thanks. And congratulations. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Guys, I just found the PDF of it, too. You sound like Brendan. Oh, cool. <laughs> Why? Because oh, Brendan would... I don't think it's supposed to be. It definitely looks like it's. <laughs> oh. I don't really know. <laughs> Never mind. Lars went on the black web. <laughs> The dark yeah. <laughs> the black the, books. I don't know. Does that seem like it's on an edu? The edu bootleg. I don't know. Whatever. Bootleg. We'll buy it. We're gonna buy it anyway. <laughs> Everybody who's listening, we're going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's like we've top. already talked way too much about the government. They've taken. <laughs> They're like listening. The yes. They're listening in. I already yeah. mentioned Edward Snowden. So <laughs> we're already on our list. Yeah. Edward Snowden. Oh, man. word. Oh All right. Spotify restricts <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, we we just got demonetized. <laughs> Our fifteenth cents that we've earned. Oh, now down the drain. I expect my share. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. This is good. Night. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.